and welcome to the Paraphylite Podcast, brought to you by the Paraphylite Society. I'm Esther, and today uh, we have a very special guest. Um, she's Celia Ramiro. Hello, Celia. How are you? Hi. Thank you for having me today. Um, so you might know her as Artista Paraphylita on Twitter. So um, I'm going to introduce her to all of her listeners, just in case you don't know much about her. So that might be hard. But Celia Ramiro, as I said, known on social networks as Artista Prerafalita, that is the Spanish term for Prerafalite artist. She's an art historian specialized in cultural communication. In 2019, she started her personal project of dissemination of Prerafalite art in social media. Artista Prerafalita can be found on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and her own website, which is um, artistaprerafalita.com. And it's a reference uh, in the dissemination of Peraflat art in Spain in Spanish. And thanks to her strong presence in social media, she has been able to expand her project and collaborate, as she will tell us later, with different media, from courses to conferences, the universities, city councils, and magazines. So, welcome, Felia, and it's such a pleasure to have you here today to talk uh, to you about this wonderful project that you have on social media. Thank you. So, um, since you are kind of, you are also Spanish as myself, so we might have gotten that comment about what is Paraphylitism, pre what? And, and how is that that a Spanish person gets interested in Paraphylitism, which is sadly not so known here in Spain? So how did this interest and in, or this passion in Paraphylitism start for you? What was your first contact with Paraphylitism? So when I first discovered my passion for art history, I started to search paintings that depict the stories that I already loved, like Greek myths, Arthurian legends, fairy tales. And as I found these paintings, I realized all of them had the surname Profilite. So I wonder what Profilite mean. And I started to do a research and I discovered the Profilite Brotherhood I was amazed not only at how they depict these stories and they, the style they use, the strong colors, the lines, but I also was amazed by their strong characters and strong personalities and how they are intertwined with each other and how their strong characters show in the paintings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. And so you studied, uh, so you did a degree in art history and then you did a master's degree. So the, during those uh, years of study, um, did you come across paraphylites uh, or not at all? It was something that you just had to do on your own because there was nothing there. I started my art history degree hoping to know more about the Profilites. And in the meantime, I studied by myself and I did this whole research about 
the pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood. Um, when I finished my degree, we haven't studied anything about the pre-Raphaelite. Um, I thought it was it was so sad that the pre-Raphaelites weren't so known in Spain, and I decided to start my project, which is Artista Pre-Raphaelita. It's a project of online dissemination, and it's focused on reaching to new publics that are not specialized publics. Then I did my master's degree in cultural communication since I have always loved communication, communicating mm -hmm. art history. And I focus my efforts into making the pre-Raphaelite art more widely known in Spain. Yeah, exactly. Because um, sadly, as you say, and yeah, the paraphilites are not very well known here in Spain. You get all the sweet faces with people thinking it's completely something different. Uh, they have no idea of what time or period we are talking about. Yet they have just they just have no idea. Yeah. And and so you said that what well, you said this yourself as uh, you were talking before. So this kind of your own personal passion for the paraphilites led you to start this beautiful project that you have on social media, Artista Prerafaelita, which, if I'm not mistaken, um, it is hardly impossible not to know you on Twitter because you have over 9,000 followers, which is a staggering, a staggering number. So, um, yeah, um, tell, tell us more what led you. So it was that that kind of feeling that you you saw that um paraphletism in spain was something which was completely ignored and then you felt kind of the need to bring them back here to to reach out to other people especially as you said people who are not experts on this right so um... Yeah, I mean, the first step was realizing I had this huge passion for pre-raphaelite pre art um, and just wanting to share this passion. But also, I realized that every time, I realized that there are more and more profiles about cultural dissemination online. That is a good thing because it means there is lots of people who are interested in getting to know more about art. These people, um, we have to keep in mind, they are not specialized profiles, so they need a clear and a easy and direct language, but they also need to connect with the story you are telling. So you have to use a very concrete way of use the storytelling. In my personal experience with Artista Rafaelita, I tend to use the storytelling with these stories that are attractive for everyone, mm -hmm. like Greek myths or Arturian legends. And I go from the most general to the specific. I start maybe speaking about Arthurian legend like um, more widely, and I start to concrete on aspects like how it's important that they are, they are depicting this concrete character or why 
um, they choose this scene or these verses of Tennyson or, for example, um, when they depict the quest of the Holy Grail, it's not only the story of the Holy Grail you have to think about, you also have to keep in mind that they conceived themselves as a brotherhood and it's very similar to the concept of the knighthood. Mm -hmm. They yeah. they feel like the medieval knights on the quest of the Holy Grail, but their own quest is the search of the true art, as they said themselves. Mm -hmm. Precisely. And, and yes, uh, I really liked what you were saying because uh, of how do you use your project uh, on social media, on Twitter, because you create these sort of threads telling a story. And I love that term because that's what you do. You tell a story. So it's like, um, yeah, it's getting art to people, to reach out to people uh, using different perspectives, the new kind of even even the kind of new methods we have of teaching kind of to speak. So you use the threads uh, and then lovely and it's super interesting always, right? So how do you find your inspiration for for that, for your content, for your threads? Where do you find inspiration? And how is the process for you when you create something? Like, are you taking notes and then do you use them? Or because of things you see, things you read, what is it that lets you to create that content? I try to never forget what is that makes art approachable to everyone. I think mm -hmm. if you are a non-specialized profile, the easiest way to connect with art are always these stories and then you get to know the great personalities behind it. So I always try to find stories that are worth telling. Also, I get much inspiration about the mass culture. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, with... popular culture. We have lots of yeah. reflections there. Um, mm -hmm. Also, I think it's very interesting, this aspect, because it really lets you explain how the pre-Raphaelites are still relevant to these days, how they are still Absolutely. influencing in, in the new creations. For example, I recently did a post about Wednesday, the series on Netflix, because I found out that the sculpture in the Ophelia's Hall, where Wednesday lives, it's inspired directly by the Ophelia of John Everett Millet. Um, every time you are looking at a movie or something like that and you you spot a profilite reference um, or an art reference, you have to ask yourself what does it add to the main plot? Why are they referring to it? Um, why they choose this exact thing? And I, I really like to go deeper in, in detail. So in this particular case, I, find, I found out that in the original Adam's family, there was this character that was Ophelia, that was the sister of Morticia Adams. And this Ophelia was also inspired by the Hamlet 
Ophelia, like the Shakespeare's mm -hmm. Ophelia. So it's it's not just a sculpture in the middle of the lake of Ophelia Hall. It really shows that they did this whole research about the story of the Adams family. And I think it's very interesting that they choose the John Everett Millet Ophelia for the references. It really shows how how much recognition the profilite art is getting. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah, and as you were saying, it is really important to first spot the references and then to think about this, the, the importance those references have, have on the plot on maybe on a character's development or whatever, the story they are telling you, because they are part of that story. And if they choose that particular reference to be there, it's because they want to tell something. To the audience so yeah i love i love sporting kind of like yeah paraphylite and art references like everywhere as i was saying because um as you have it there in in yourself in your in the wallpaper you have all over you you have proserpine so i was like i remember a few years ago going to the cinema at the festival of um for like european cinema we have here in seville and they premiered uh, one of Xavier Dolan's uh, films. And he had a reference and he showed you the picture, like the full picture, um, recited his proserpine. And I was like amazed and I was super happy to see it because I got all the references he, want, he wanted to transmit. And nobody else got the reference. Nobody understood whatever I was saying, like, gosh, this is so important for the plot. You have to understand that this has a particular meaning, as you were saying with Wednesday. So yeah, it's just lovely to spot those references and it's lovely to have people like you <laughs> spotting those references for us and explaining. To yeah, because I, I think that whenever you try to teach something mm -hmm. about, about anything, in fact, it's easier for everybody if they can connect what you are saying with something they already know mm -hmm. so if you are appealing to a story they already know in general lines or you are talking about a film they have seen or stuff like that i mean um it's easier for them to to assimilate what you are saying um for example um this summer I did a conference about the Raphaelite paintings about the Holy Grail and it was in a small town um, in the city council of the small town and most of these people have never heard about Raphaelite painting but yeah. they have heard about the Holy Grail so that's that's how you get them to be interested in yeah, what exactly. you're you explain something that they can relate at some level and, and they are more, more interested and they are more proactive with what you are saying. I think nowadays the new public, new publics are not specialized and we have to use the new ways of communication and the new tools. Um, to get them to the museums and to get them to be interested in art. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm kind of amazed, real, to know that like a, a small town council asks you to do a kind of a conference for people about about this topic and that you could bring that art to these people who probably have never heard of them. And I don't know, it's just, wow, <laughs> I'm amazed. And how was the reaction of people like, how was the reaction after that, after the conference, or why the conference was um, going on? And you could see their reactions. How do you felt working with them in that place? Well, I started, as I always do, from the more general to the specific. So I started to approach by the Holy Grail and then explaining how and why is depicted by each painter and what does it say about the painter and not only the topic my I could see they they really get it and they really understand because you communicate in a simple way mm-hmm. and they really it wakes something for them and I think it's lovely I think um one of the biggest gifts that my project Artista Prerafaelita has given to me is the opportunities that I get through it. I mean, it's not only my my online project of dissemination in social networks, but how it translates to lots of commitment, uh, no, lots of commissions from city councils, universities, mm-hmm. magazines, they I feel really grateful when someone asks me to do a an article on, on prefile lights or a video or a conference because it really shows that there is an increasing interest in profile light art here in Spain. And I think it was time that the Yeah, it's high time. Grew. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, yeah. I'm I'm just Super happy to hear you say that because it shows that it's paying off. Yeah, all your efforts and all the efforts of so many people researching and trying to do things around parathletism here in Spain. And it's just, um, but it must be like a really good experience for you to kind of put into practice all that knowledge to transfer all that you know and all the, yeah, the skills that you have acquired to other people in different contexts because you have done courses and conferences but also written from magazines as you were saying you have done you have made and uh, recorded videos so so that's like lots of things using new technology new methodology to to bring people closer to to art and that's that's beautiful that's yeah and we thank you for that for doing thank all you. that work and talking about like new uh technology and how to use that to reach out to people you showed me um yesterday i think a video that you did um and we are going to be showing um we'd share it uh on the podcast description box um on social media we try to to share this wonderful project that you did with uh, with all of our audience um so if you don't know spanish don't worry 
just going to get the main thing and it's lovely just to see it how it works and if not then maybe it's time for you to learn some spanish or maybe this is a way to you know to brush up on your spanish skills do you learn where you were having a holiday in marbella or wherever so it's a beautiful project uh, it's a video it's an augmented reality video in which we have different paraphernalia paintings and what I'm most fascinated about is the fact that you have the women in, in those paintings talking. So would you like would you care to tell us more about that video? So I did my master's degree in cultural communication and I decided to focus my thesis in new technologies apply to the dissemination of pre-affiliate painting. So at first it was really complicated because most of the new technologies are three-dimensional while the paintings are bi-dimensional. So I had to come up with a way of using these new tools on paintings. My creative solution was to create this augmented reality in six profile paintings. My first step was to choose six photographies of the models of each painting and animate the photographies resulting in a video. Later I add, um, I add sound to that video. I did a research on the characters and personalities of each one of these pre-affiliate muses. So I did these little videos in which the model herself, you can see she's moving and she's talking and she speaks about facts of the painting she is depicted. She tells a story that goes further than the painting about the creation of the painting or about her relationship with the painter. Mm -hmm. And that went on to an application, an online app that scans the, the facial features of the models and it shows the video right underneath of the painting. So I think it's quite a literal way of giving voice to the profile models mm -hmm. because part of the profile aspects is the way all of the artists and the models and the familiars are intertwined and how they have these relationships going on and how they mm, contact and, and influence each other. Another key aspect of the Pirafali painting is the, the high level of the ex, ex, exact, exact representation of mm -hmm. the reality. So being able to compare the faces of the original models to the way they are showing in the Pirafali paintings, I think it's a really interesting visual experience for art interest 
for people interested in art, but also for people who in a first moment are not so much interested in art, but in new technologies. I think the new technologies are necessary in the museums because, because of the need of updating the ways of connecting with the publics. And we really should be taking advantage of the new technologies and the new forms of communication that mm. really connect with the people. Yeah, absolutely agree with you on that. Yeah. I mean it's that's what that's what the new technology is for, right? It needs to be, yeah, used, employed in all fields and not just the very kind of scientific ones or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So please, please be sure to check and uh, her video out because we will be sharing it with you. And it's beautiful, it's a beautiful project. And it would be beautiful to have that. Can you imagine having that in, in a real museum? Or yeah, I, I have to say I developed this project with, with no investment. I mean, I spent... Yeah zero money in the development of it so I can only wonder how I can only wonder what could be done from an institution or a museum exactly the, the right possibilities are, yeah. are huge endless uh, endless yeah. yeah absolutely it could be for for everyone yeah it, it would be a completely different way of reaching out to people and to get even new even new audiences from children but even to uh, to other people who maybe never maybe they have been never interested in setting foot in a museum but these are new ways of connecting to people um and also it's not just contemplating a painting but knowing more about what's behind the process who were these people not only who were who was the one who depicted the painting but who was the one the face you see yeah. that what was there one and example who... is in the in the painting exe anfilla domini or yes. the annunciation by dante gabriel rossetti i use i use the face and the voice of christina rossetti and she tells this little story about how when Dante Gabriel Rossetti asked her to model for this painting, she could never imagine how bad it would turn because this painting was the cause that Dante Gabriel Rossetti was accused of being erratic or non-religious in a really bad way. And it's the reason he stopped showing his artwork for a while. And she makes this little reference to that. And she also mentions that she was only trying to be supportive of his brother as he has always been supportive of her career as a poet. Mm -hmm. So I, I think with little talk, you can really say much. Yeah, exactly. A few words and you say a lot already. Exactly, yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know. It's just fascinating, and and yeah, it it just makes you think of all the endless possibilities we could have with the kind of technology when when well employed in this kind of yeah in this kind of field. So yeah, it would be. But now that we're talking about museums and galleries and how to use new technology, but not not technology, but 
talking about just in general museums and galleries. Uh, what was your first kind of experience or what was it like for you when you saw a paraphyllite painting in person for the first time ever? What was your impression when you saw, when you were in front of one of those works of art? So I must I must say when I first walked in the Tate Britain in London, mm -hmm. I was looking for the big names, you know, like Lady of Charlotte and Ophelia. But I was highly surprised by Chris in her parents' house, by Chris in his parents' house, by John Everett Miller, mm -hmm. because it's amazing. I mean, not only the paint strokes and how the features of Elizabeth Sidalis are uh, showing in this picture, but when you know the backup story, when you know that the very Charles Dickens write to the newspaper um, making a critic about this artwork, about Chris in his parents' house, and uh, even the Queen asked to see this painting in private and it was this huge situation hmm. um being in front of that painting um it's like reading part of the story like part of the history of the pre-raphaelite movement and um, hmm. it, it's it makes you feel um moved it really moves you yeah Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like a feeling that it stays with you for all your for all your life. Like when you get to see one of these paintings that really strikes you and then you get that feeling forever. It's always there for you, with you. And so now we'll be talking about in more personal terms. Do you have kind of like a favorite paraphylite or a paraphylite work of art? because maybe it's difficult to choose. Maybe that's a tricky question. So it's really difficult to choose <laughs> one, but at the moment, I, I say I will pick um, The Beguiling of Merlin by Edward Bourne Jones, because it's, it's amazing. And I am captivated by the way the textile um, recalls the Greek classic statuary that Edward Boone Jones was able to see at the British Museum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we stick for Boone Jones for the winner for this time so far. I mean, for this yeah. time, he's the winner. <laughs> yeah, maybe next time that we catch up is another one. Yeah, it happens all the time. With I think that we all of us like we have favorites depends on the mood depends on the day depends on yeah, what you're researching at the point uh, going back to the the collaborations you 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 have you've you've done so far because you have collaborated with city councils with other institutions right so and as far as i'm aware you have done even courses online right on paraplan art so how was the experience for you well it was um amazing because it was the first time I really acknowledged the huge impact and the the level of engagement I had at the moment because 
it all it all started the the courses because I interacted with an online academy of art history in my profile and later they they wrote to me and they asked me to do these courses because lots of people who were following me at the moment um, contacted them and they asked if they had any kind of collaboration with me because they were looking forward to be able to do a course more professional course about the profile paintings so they do this they do this proposal to me about um, creating these courses on the course was so full that we have to do three editions of it yeah Wow, so, that was huge. So congrats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a big deal, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Also, all these people that did the course of the Preraphaelite paintings and the Preraphaelite movement, they wanted more. So I got to develop a second course that was about the Victorian paintings and how the Preraphaelite Brotherhood changed the natural way of the Victorian painting. Yeah, how would it be if there were no profilites? And it's a little of a history of the English art in the 19th and 20th century. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So because you were talking about engagement and that's another point that I I would like to discuss with you because, well, you have a huge engagement uh on social media right i mean how does the audience react or responds to the content you publish on there did you see like lots of people um, kind of replying to your tweets asking for more or getting lots of likes lots of retweets but also maybe the kind of engagement you you see over there yeah well as i was saying the first time i realized that it was a thing it was when when they asked for a course. I mean, it, it was like an idea of the people who are interested in what yes, I have to say. Is, so yeah, I, they I, were super happy with you. They yeah, wanted you to be their teacher. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge deal. And I, I can yeah. only be thankful. Um, mm-hmm. I always try to be honest in what I'm doing. Mm. Mm-hmm meaning that I I want to stay true to whatever that makes my brand so different or or so strong. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But it's lovely that you have you have, have all these opportunities and for sure you have many more in store for you because you are doing an amazing work and we thank you for that. Because yeah it's incredible how you and I don't know yourself, like, I'm such a lazy person, especially on social media. It's like, how can you deal with all of that? How can you come up with so much content? You never run out of content. It's incredible, <laughs> to be honest. So, yeah, it's a great work. And so, um, I don't know. Are there any current projects, future projects? Something that you would like to share with us, something which is, of course, not very secret, but something that you would like to share. What's in store for Artista Pre-Rafaelita? 
Well, I actually really want to take my project to a more international level. I mean, mm -hmm. I think dissemination in Spain about the pre-affiliate movement is a must, is necessary. But Absolutely. also I think that the way I am able to communicate can be taken in an international institution or museum. Um, I actually have already lived in England. I spent mm -hmm. there um, three months or so as an au pair in London, but I also had the opportunity to work as a volunteer in Kenwood House. And oh, I, yeah. Lovely, I, how was that experience? Uh, it was amazing. Um, being in England, I really fell in love with with England and I'm really mm. looking forward to be able to move there and mm -hmm. collaborate with with anyone who's interested and actually. Yeah, I mean, can't you imagine that? At least the Rafaelita working in Warwick, Maino or Tate or Britain or whatever and doing your amazing job over there. <laughs> that would be great, to be yeah. honest. So let's hope that you get the opportunity Thank to you. get there and yeah, and continue your amazing work. So that's really nice that you have all these, you know, expectations and and hopes for the future. And regarding your, I don't know, like potential new content for Twitter or whatever, what is it that we can expect from you in in, in the future? <laughs> Well, um, my next publication will be, mm -hmm. I want to explore the relationship between the Pre-Raphaelites and Alice in Wonderland. Oh, lovely. Because, you know, um, Lewis Carroll, which is not the real yeah. name, yeah. <laughs> he was a photographer and he did some great photos on the Rossetti family. Exactly, and also yeah. there is this, this theory that Goblin Market by Christina Rossetti was a huge influence in Alice in Wonderland. So I'm really looking forward to to go deep in this relationship and see how the the Pre-Raphaelites are living their time in Wonderland. If you want to yeah. say, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Now I am looking forward to reading that thread <laughs> when you come with it. Yes. Great. Um so uh any other things that you would like to discuss? I think that may, may probably we have covered more or less everything that is had to do with this wonderful project of yours, Artista Pre Rafaelita. And it's such a huge inspiration for all of us who are trying to work on social media and yeah, on this outreach of art. And and to be honest, I'm just super happy to have another Spanish woman working on on paraphalite art and who's so passionate about this and who's doing so, so, so much amazing work on that. So thank you very much, Thelia, uh, for your work. Thank you very much for being here with us today, for accepting our invitation to be part of our podcast. 
it's been lovely catching up with you here and maybe who knows maybe we can do another episode sometime in the future to, so that you can tell us more even more all that is in store for you all that you have done so far and all the new projects because hopefully you have lots and lots to offer Still, thank, so, you. thank um, you. I am thrilled to be here today. I'm a huge fan of the Profilite podcast and the Profilite Society. I think you're doing a great job and and it's thank a pleasure you. for me. Yeah, thank you. It's our pleasure. So to all of you who are listening, please remember to check uh, Artista Prerafalita on Twitter and Instagram, her webpage, don't forget about the awesome video uh, she did and which we'll be sharing very soon with all of you. Please check that out. Follow her on Twitter if you don't already because you're going to see amazing content there. Even though if you don't speak Spanish that much, don't worry. Google Translate is there for you. You have the amazing <laughs> pictures of Steve for you there. So please follow her because you'll be amazed. I can only say that. And um, so remember to find more information about her Twitter, Instagram, uh, artistaprerafalita.com, her website. And then if you would like to find out more information about the Prerafalites and the Prerafalite Society, please visit our website www.prerafaliteSociety.org and consider subscribing to our journal. Again, a million thanks, Celia, for being with us today. It's been a pleasure. And best of luck for all your future plans. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you. Bye, everyone. Mm-hmm.